Hey again, everyone. Welcome to the Bovada At Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett. The head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook is Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking a lot of basketball, just not a lot of NBA basketball. And, you know, the NBA is getting really, really interesting. And from a future standpoint, I would imagine the teams that are in first place are not the favorites to win either conference. Would you subscribe to that? I don't have to just subscribe to it. I can look at the odds right in front of me, Seth, and confirm that. Yeah, looking at the Philadelphia 76ers in the East, currently in first place, they are not your favorite in the East. Uh, But this is certainly more pronounced looking at the Western Conference, where you have the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns more than a few games clear in the top spots, and uh, certainly on the outside when it comes to those Western Conference and NBA outright futures odds at Bavada. You know, we're still talking about the Brooklyn Nets, we're still talking about the Lakers, the Clippers. And uh, it it is kind of interesting that uh, with the Suns currently with the two seed, the Jazz as a one seed, you're talking about the Jazz being nine to one currently at Bavada and the Phoenix Suns 14 to one. And, you know, this is kind of a a classic uh, scenario that we've seen in the NBA play out the last few years. You know, sometimes the regular season is meaningful to LeBron and whichever team he plays for. Uh, this year, the Lakers. Uh, but, you know, you can really, if you're in the NBA, you know, we, we've seen teams that can, you know, kind of park it a little bit. And if you're not going to get that one seed, and if you're the Lakers, it doesn't look like you're going to have any kind of home court advantage whatsoever. You know, your next gear is just resting up for the playoffs. So as much as, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, some loosey well, goosey getting stuff Anthony that- Davis and LeBron James back. Well, exactly. At this point, it doesn't make much of a difference to the Lakers if they're getting the fourth seed or the sixth seed uh, at this point. Uh, you know, the road to the NBA Finals isn't going through Los Angeles, unless well, unless it's going through the Clippers. But again, yeah, even with them, they're just holding a three seed right now with Denver hot on their heels. So, uh, you know, I, and I there's think still the- there's still over a month left. So understand that this can all get topsy turvy if it were to be. The thing is, there's no urgency. This is my biggest complaint with the NBA. The NBA's regular season is less and less relevant. And the problem that I find is the competitive balance just doesn't exist. Now, yeah, there are five teams in the West. You want to throw in the Portland Trailblazers? Maybe. But that's it. There are five or six teams that can win the championship. And yet, if I'm putting money down, I'm still taking the Lakers. Yeah, and I got to say, that's actually one thing uh, that I kind of like about this end-of-season play-in tournament that the NBA will be utilizing for the bottom seeds. I mean, I think because of how many games are played in the NBA in a regular season, this uh, year they're only playing, or this season they're only playing 72, but in a normal year where they're playing 82, uh, there really should be more of a reward for the top seeds. And I would like to see those top seeds, whether it's a Utah or a Phoenix, end up taking on a team that had to play a few extra games to get in there. You know, those one seeds really should get an added benefit instead of, you know, ending up having to play a team like the Lakers in round two because, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis and everyone else, you know, decided to spend the rest of the season getting healthy. Completely get it from the Lakers' point of view. It's smart. But yeah, I I do kind of like the play mentality to the point that I don't like the MLB added playing because I feel like it's more manufactured. I think the way that this kind of protects and rewards the top seeds uh, I, I think is a really positive move. And again, speaks to how forward thinking the NBA is with a lot of this competitive balance stuff. Well, and there's definitely something to be said for, you know, the West is more competitive than the East. And I, I accept that. And I, and I, I don't disagree and I'm not fighting this. The fact of the matter is, is that I just find in other sports, there is better competitive balance. 
And it's the thing that if I could fix one thing in the NBA, it would be that because what I think they do best, they do social media best. They do highlights best. They do um, uh, the internet best. Like I think the NBA trends on social media, whenever there's a big story, they do it well. And the players have personalities and you know who they are and you know by them by, if I say the word Kyrie, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty remarkable. But in the Eastern Conference, you have a lot of, you know, not not capable. There are only three good teams in the entire Eastern Conference. That's out of 15. Right. If you want to say the Atlanta Hawks are, are, are good. OK, fine. I'll give you the Atlanta Hawks. You're not getting Miami this year. And really what it is, is it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee and the Sixers. And the reality of it is, is if they're healthy, Brooklyn and then Milwaukee are one in one A. Yeah, I was wondering if I could talk myself into the Miami Heat for a second there, but you're right. I don't think I can. You know, it, it's Not it's the Nets. It, it's the it's the Nets. It's the 76ers, 13 to one right now at Bavada in that uh, one seed slot. It's the Bucks at 10 to one, and yeah, it, it is it is curious. Just again looking at the odds directly in front of me right now. One of our larger liabilities, and again, uh, prove us wrong, betters. But the Phoenix Suns at a two seed right now, you can get as high actually as 20 to one right now at Bavada, which. Uh, we have a small liability there, but uh, again, it's the Nets, your plus 230 favorites, Lakers right behind the plus 350, Clippers plus 550. Uh, clearly, the odds makers of Bavada are telling us that the proof is in the pudding and it's going to be, you know, historical priors more than what we're seeing on the court right now. Yeah, there, there's a certain level of possibilities. And I think from a future standpoint, you know, this is the league where I have said, you know, for years for, for, and we're not talking about a long time ago. I'm not going back to like the Lakers and the Celtics of the eighties or the Chicago bulls of the nineties. Just go back three years ago. When LeBron James was on the Cavaliers, it was the warriors and the Cavaliers. And that was it. Yeah. And, and, and everybody knew it and everybody knew it. And I can't imagine the odds being any better. And everything was a dark horse last year because of the bubble you had a little bit of surprise with Miami and Denver making that run, which was pretty cool. That that was really, really neat. Do you think that's going to happen this year? Well, yeah, you talked about Miami, Denver. Uh, Portland was scary a little bit for us just because of outstanding uh, futures liability in the bubble last year. I remember uh, we were very grateful when they were finally bounced. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, going back to, I, I, first of all, I have to say, I completely agree with your entire take on the NBA and the regular season and how that impacts the playoffs. So again, I am a little bit hopeful that, uh, you know, we will see those top seeds in the conference, uh, you know, hopefully perform a little bit better going against teams that had to play a few extra games just to get into it. Uh, I, I think that's the way to do it. I mean, yeah, protect uh, the teams that cared and performed all season long a little bit. Uh, and barring that, and you're never going to do this because once we add games, we never take away games in any North American sport with TV contracts. But in a hypothetical world where there weren't these uh, fat and meaty TV contracts, I would say aside from a play-in tournament, I, I would have less teams in the playoffs in the NBA. You have a long enough regular season to determine who should be playing. You know, give your one and two seed a buy in the first round and have, you know, I guess, three through eight, duke it out if you want to do it that way, or three through six, sorry, uh, du uh, duke it out. Anything, but, you know, the regular season should mean a little bit more. I think the play-in tournament is a good start. Uh, but, yeah, we've got to incentivize these teams to care during these regular season games. No, and that's why I'm, I'm, I, I can't argue against load management. And all I've said is if, if your league is not going to make the regular season important, then 
you cannot blame the players for not making it important. Now, you see guys taking games off all the time. And again, it's not a problem. It, it, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, I know it's an unpopular thing to say, but it's my biggest turn off when it comes to the NBA. Um, I, I guess yeah. it's less problematic as well when you don't have as many fans in the stands. Uh, you know, there was that argument that people, you know, the Spurs were notorious for this, uh, you know, famously catching that uh, big fine from David Stern back in the day. But from a strategy standpoint, it absolutely makes the most sense to do what they're doing. And I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, e- even that one fine uh, is nothing compared to, you know, going, you know, an extra game in the playoffs is worth to a team's, uh, you know, overall value on the season. So, yeah, until they properly disincentivize teams from doing it. And in a scenario right now where we have very few, if any, fans attending a lot of these games, uh, yeah, I would say these teams are well served to continue their current strategies, even if it's not the best for the fans. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely something to that. All right, from the court to the gridiron, the NFL draft is coming up. Uh, free agency is not behind us, but it has, you know, the wave of free agency. And I think that's hard to gamble on. You tell me if I'm wrong, uh, where, you know, when, when it comes to trades, nobody knew Sam Darnold was getting traded. It was, I don't think the Jets knew Sam Darnold was getting traded until they saw Zach Wilson work out. The BYU quarterback is most likely going to be the number two pick in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play for Urban Meyer. Good luck. I'm I'm very anti Urban Meyer. I you know <laughs> there's easily reasons why. And anybody who has any questions, you're more than welcome to ask me on Twitter. Um, the question then becomes: Is what's the action on the draft? Does it go to pick three, or do people just like to bet the fact that Zach Wilson's going to be number two? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and after that trade, uh, that really did clarify things at the second overall pick as Zach Wilson uh, is now a minus 2,500 favorite at Bavada to be the second overall pick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, it's a fait accompli. He's minus 100,000. Uh, if you wanted to, uh, you know, put some coffee money on Wilson Fields or anyone else going first overall, uh, quite the payout because any one of those players is 20 to one or higher. So yeah, we really are kind of looking ahead to the third overall pick and whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Uh, as it currently stands, Bavada, Mac Jones is the ever so slight minus 170 favorite. And as a result, uh, when you start to get towards markets where, you know, there actually is a question uh, in play, uh, there actually is some uncertainty as to how it will go. You get a lot more betting in and around that. Uh, and that's because people like to, you know, bet on things that seem a little more likely to happen instead of taking those home run shots like they might uh, if they want Justin Fields for second overall or God help them first overall. Uh, so as it currently stands, about 30% of betting handle on the third overall pick is on Mac Jones at minus 170. Justin Fields currently an underdog at plus 130 at Bavada. He's taking about 70% of the action to go third overall coming off the strength of that postseason performance. Although Mac Jones didn't look like uh, much of a slouch out there, but goodness, that Alabama offense just make everything look easy for him. Uh, it's really tough to get a good grasp as to how successful he's going to be because like so many players who played Alabama, they play in what's close to just a perfect system. Yeah. There's no, there's no secret about that. And you know, the, the idea that, you know, you would select, you know, to me, the, the question comes down to, um, do you see either one of those quarterbacks? And this is not for, for gamblers, but do you see either one um, the possibility of being like a 10 year veteran, a pro bowler? You know, I was moved by Sam Darnold this week. Sam Darnold said, I thought I'd be the Jets quarterback for 20 years. 
and he was he was hurt, you know, that they wanted to get rid of him, that they were abandoning the plan. But when Darnold was picked, he was picked three overall. And he was only picked by the Jets because the Giants took Saquon Barkley. Remember that? And this argument that you have between Justin Fields, you know, if you want to go there, if, if, if he's the guy or Mac Jones is the guy, the, the question then becomes, you know, you have this choice that you're going to have to live with because let's be real Miami who traded up. They're not taking a, a, a quarterback. They have their quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa. So this is the pick and it's a tough one. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, you do feel kind of uh, a little bit bad for a guy like Sam Darnold just because, uh, you know, it, it's almost kind of sweet. I don't know. Maybe I've been around this industry and this business for so long, but, uh, you know, none of this stuff really phases me. But to see a kid, you know, that young, you know, expect to play his whole career. And I mean, more and more, and it's not just the NFL, uh, it's, it's very rare for a player to start and finish his career with the team. And a lot of that is for good reasons. Uh, you know, labor uh, rules across various sports and various orgs have opened up to be more player friendly, but uh, you know, so often more often than not, and especially in the NFL where contracts are very rarely guaranteed or only parts of it are uh, yeah, you are as uh, expendable as your latest results and performance. And for the jets to have an opportunity to lock in someone much younger, to lock in somebody uh, at a more you know franchise friendly salary as well. Uh, for, you know, starting QBs are not getting uh, you know what they were getting ten years ago coming out of the draft anymore. You know, they made a point of clamping clamping down on that after uh, Sam Bradford, I believe, was the last one to really hit pay dirt. But uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's it'll be interesting for Sam Darnold. I think he's got a good opportunity to be successful elsewhere. For the Jets, it's an opportunity for them to hit the reset. Uh, you know, whether it's Mac Jones or. Uh, Justin Fields at three. I mean, you're going to get a really great quarterback there. And then after that, you're not really quite uh, sure who's going where. And I think this is something that we've certainly had trouble at Bavada as well in the past. And we're going to try again this year, God help us, but trying to live trade odds during the NFL draft has been something that uh, we do year in, year out. Uh, and I, I'd like to say uh, to a good deal of success, but it's really been touch and go for us to try and figure out what teams will do after those, you know, first three and four picks, whether they're picking offense or defense, whether they're taking cornerbacks, safeties, linemen, whatever the case. But the good news is we'll have odds on all of that uh, leading up to the draft and uh, right through the draft itself. So did uh, it, it, on the Bavada site, is it go by team or does it go by player? So is there a future bet? Where does Kyle Pitts from Florida go? Like, does that, does that exist? Uh, we don't have specifically where will Kyle Pitts go, but no, we but do you, have, you have, who are the Miami Dolphins going to select? Well, we have like, who will the first uh, tight end be drafted? And he's oh, the overwhelming favorite in that spot. How many tight ends, uh, uh, will be uh, drafted in the first round as well. So, you know, and all, but also because there's just this uh, tendency for drafts and picks to move around that we found in the past that we ended up finding ourselves in a little bit of trouble trying to pick who a team will specifically pick in that spot. Because we know what a, 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 let's say a number should pick in that spot. If you have a top three pick, you should be picking a QB. If you fall outside of that top three, well, all of a sudden you should maybe be looking elsewhere because the QBs kind of fall off a cliff after there. So, you know, looking at specific uh, tight ends and where they might go, 
uh, in terms of number in the draft, uh, how many, when, et cetera, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, we find we've had a little bit more success handicapping that stuff. But again, you know, the NFL draft, uh, you know, we talk about exotics a lot at Pavada. These are really good opportunities where I'll, I'll be quite honest, we are not experts at this like we are so many other things. So there's really some good opportunities here for players to take shots, not just before the draft again, but during the draft as we continue to update these odds. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a running total. So if you're watching the first round and your team is coming up, you know, with a pick, uh, let's say, you know, the fourth pick of the second round, just I'm playing out a scenario, you can race to the Bavada website and you'll find odds on that site, on, the, um, on that yeah, pick. That- that's absolutely right. And I mean, uh, we, we've certainly learned in the last couple of years to follow the right Twitter accounts while doing this because, and it's not just the NFL that does this, but there is kind of a tendency to spoil selections. You know, we're very rarely seeing them uh, in real time and being shocked anymore. We've learned that lesson the hard way a few years ago. So we do kind of stagger that selection a little bit as a result. So if you see on TV that pick number 11 is coming up and in, well, we've probably moved on to posting odds for pick number 13 just so we can get away from that Schefter reveal, which has uh, cost us a good deal for the last few years. Take off your odds maker hat if you if there if there's nothing impacting uh, the, the the gaming aspect of this, but transfers in college basketball are going like hog wild because they took that you have to sit out a year and everybody's transferring. It's all over the place. Um, do you think that's good for the sport? Bad for the sport? And is there any action on it? I, so what we do see is that, uh, first of all, okay, well, I'll I'll go back to the original point of being a fan. I I think it's great. I think the players should have uh, just as much right to transfer as, hey, listen, when these coaches get fired or resign or go somewhere else, they don't sit out for a year and they're making pretty good coin in doing so. So I I would say, uh, I mean, gosh, it's such a bizarre comparison, but if I was playing intramural uh, broom ball, at Gonzaga and wanted to transfer to Michigan next year, I could play intramural broom ball. So I, I, I've always felt that it was needlessly punitive to, you know, go after these players and make them sit just because it wasn't the right situation for them. So we don't have specific odds on where these players will be going, but we are consistently updating the futures page because uh, no sport uh, more so than basketball, especially division one college basketball, where some teams will run with a really tight depth chart, uh, maybe playing, you know, seven, eight, nine players total, getting meaningful minutes. Uh, yeah, that can really flip the odds so far. So that's something that, again, you know, we're keeping our trackers open. We're looking for the breaking news. Uh, not so much for specific players and where they will go, but just how that impacts the 2022 NCAA men's basketball tournament odds because we've already got that back up there. And Gonzaga is your eight to one favorites right now. Uh, you know, they didn't do it this year. Uh, but, you know, once again, uh, you know, they are the favorite, which I've been saying a lot recently, the last three, four years. Really good team. Hopefully they can finally get it done one year. Again, currently the eight to one favorite, followed by Florida State, Michigan, and Ohio State all at 15 to one. One other quick question, and I'm throwing a softball at you. Um, the NHL trade deadline, was that, uh, were a lot of people betting on that? Is that because there were a lot of trades and it was considered a light one, and there were 18 trades? Yeah, I had to see uh, what year it was because the Leafs got Nick Felino, and it feels like 1993 all over again. But uh, <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we did had, uh, have odds on where, uh, you know, certain players would go, how many teams would make moves. Uh, 
You know, it, it, it's it's something that is a little bit more popular, I would say, with betters uh, north of the border than it is uh, with our, our U.S. player base. But, uh, you know, it, it is something that's, uh, you know, picks up a little bit of player conversion uh, as what it, what it means for the odds. Uh, you know, the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, still the favorite somehow. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop to win the Stanley Cup this year. But, uh, you know, the fact that they got a little bit of goaltending help, uh, the fact that they signed, uh, you know, another Nick Foligno to join them. You know, it just kind of reinforced again that they are the five to one favorites right now at Bavada to win the Stanley cup, which again, oh, uh, they'll, uh, they'll probably lose to Boston or something. You know, I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up, but uh, you know, f- for a long suffering Leafs fan, uh, you know, I have to grasp onto these things and being the favorite, according to the odds makers, like uh, idiots like me, uh, you know, that's the closest thing we have to success to celebrate. You know what I thought was really weird. Uh, all the trades in the divisions. So, so Taylor Hall went to Boston. He, they play the Buffalo Sabres more. Uh, the devils have like four games left with the Islanders. They traded Cal Palmieri to the Islanders. That was really, really weird. There's a real decent chance that Taylor Hall scores more goals against the Buffalo Sabres this year than he did did for for them. them. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, that's the Bavada at odds podcast. Like we said, we'll get closer to the NFL draft. Much, much more to come. The NBA, the NHL, also Major League Baseball. And, of course, we're always talking football here. Uh, Patrick, have a great week. Happy gambling, folks. That'll do it for this edition. Thank you for subscribing. We'll see you next time.